It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Hanson's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com and the Fantasy Points dot com media empire if you will here the at the very least the podcast feed i am john hansen uh, although i am not going to be the one giving away the hints in this edition of hansen's hints kind of a little side podcast here on our feed where i'm going to be doing a lot of solo stuff but we got mr c here mr adam kaplan here to give some hints and Before I introduce Adam, I'll just explain quickly, very quickly, the process. So the NFL draft takes place. It's been two months, but it takes time for Adam to catch up with all his people for all 32 teams. Might might not even hit all 32. So we've had a lot of information coming out from the OTAs and the like, and we all know that if we're really dialed in, we can gloss over some of those items. But Mr. C is here to kind of empty out the insider notebook. Now, I will say he also does rever- reserve some tips uh, to the Fantasy Point subscribers, uh, the paying subscribers. So we're not going to give it all away here, Adam, as we bring you in here, but you do have a good number of news, notes, and nuggets here from the OTAs. Uh, hello, sir. How are you? Welcome to the Hanson Sense podcast. Yeah, good to be with you today, John. So what I do, uh, just to give you uh, your listeners an idea, so I'll take you back two years ago. We had the pandemic. There was no offseason for any NFL player. Uh, there, there was nothing. In, in fact, it was worse for the rookies. So what I did is I called in June some, some, some teams, in particular the two names that stood out to me that I thought were impactful, which I said, get these guys now in dynasty leagues because I don't know when they're going to do well, if they do well, but you want to get on these guys early because their the front office and coaching staff is very high on them. That, that would be Gabriel Davis and Darnell Mooney. And literally, I must have talked about Mooney ten times before training camp. And remember, the reporters didn't have access. They 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 you couldn't if you're a beat reporter, you couldn't you would not know this stuff. So so why am I telling you this? This stuff comes from teams from from people who are either coaching them or the people who are drafting them or work with them closely. And they tell me the truth. If the guy John knows this because I tell him privately when I. If John's high on a player, I go, hey, careful. I'll give you yeah. two or three things. If it's negative, I got to tell him. That's that's why John hired me. Because I I look at these things from an analytical standpoint uh, and, a, and, a, and a reality standpoint of where the player is. And I go, just be careful. You don't want to go too deep with this player. Or when I gave you the tip on um, uh, Swift, I said, hey, uh, my guy told me with the Lions that his pass protection is really good. And, he, and they're going to have him in on past situations as a rookie, which, okay, that was a good nugget. So that's the kind of things I'm looking for. And when a guy's behind, I need to know that. If a guy's ahead, I need to know that on his learning, uh, particularly the younger players. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. And you're not like a hardcore fantasy guy at this point, but you played fantasy for 25, 30 yeah. years. So you know what's up. You know what yep. to look for. Yep. So it's a really good combination. Yeah, that is why we um, we do employ you as our NFL insider. And uh, you make a good point, too. Like, dynasty leagues are taking over. People are into it. And there's only so much information from the beat reporters. So you are very unique in that you can really alert us to these players, like you mentioned, Darnell Mooney and uh, Gabe Davis. So let's start in the AFC. 
And we'll start with the Buffalo Bills. And uh, speaking of Gabe Davis, you've heard nothing but good things. Why this year? Why do you think we should be excited about Gabe Davis this year? Well, they've cleared the way. They've cleared their path for him to be a full-time starter, not to be a a part-time player. And they didn't bring anyone to challenge him for the outside job opposite Diggs. It'll be the exposition. Diggs is their Z. Uh, Not that that, it doesn't really matter in terms of fantasy who the Z and the X is. But when I first started covering the league, I always thought, oh, the X receiver's got to be the number one receiver. Not true. It depends on the offense and the structures. Diggs is their Z. He's their number one receiver. That's not a question. Davis is... Last year, they felt that they were going to go for – they felt they were ready to, want to challenge for a Super Bowl, and they wanted to have a veteran like Emmanuel Sanders there instead, instead of Davis as, as a starter opposite Diggs. Didn't work out. Uh, we love Sanders for years. He's 35 years old. He's, he's clearly at the end of the, end of the line there. Maybe he could, he could cobble together one more year somewhere else. But uh, they made this decision with Davis, John, when they drafted him, that based on the intel that they had from his, his college tape and – his what's called functional football intelligence was incredibly high. That gave him, and I know he went in the fourth round. He didn't run well, which actually it's funny. They they had said that that actually would have helped. That helped him. Uh, Davis dropped to them because he. I remember you telling me that someone there was glad he didn't run well. Yes, yes, because they had a higher grade on him, and I don't I don't know what the draft board looked like. For some reason, he dropped from the third to the fourth because he ran like a four five two at the combine, then they, he didn't have a pro day because they shut it down because of COVID. So Davis is so smart. In fact, at one point he was the only receiver on the roster to line up at every position, X, Y, Z, and F. That tells you he's super smart and he's eventually going to play a lot. And here we are year three and we've waited. I said this on our show and probably for your subscribers uh, two years ago. I said, it's not about now. Most dynasty leagues, if you get anything about it out of your rookie as a receiver, great. It's about, in this case, years three, four, five, six, and seven. If you got him in a dynasty league, feel great about it because he's going to be playing with Josh Allen a long time. Yeah, no, actually, your original tip was he was going to replace John Brown, which you were basically just a year off of that. But Oh, oh well, here's the thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah, well, that's what happened. And Sanders replaced Brown. They yeah. they didn't want to give Davis the whole thing because the, the thing that John Brown could do, Smokey Brown, though his knees been a, one of his knees has been a problem. He could flat out fly like one of the fastest receivers in the league. And Davis can go deep. We know that. But that's he's going to be in the immediate intermediate and run after the catch game. That's probably what he's going to be as a professional. Zach Moss, not that we're caring about him, but you know, what happened with him and how does does that relate at all? to this backfield at all because they, they seemingly took him to maybe balance it out a little bit. And then you have James cook here. Have you heard anything about this backfield? Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I kind of have a pretty much a lockdown on their whole roster. Uh, Zach Moss was drafted to be their starter, to be their main back. Now they didn't know in 2020 that they would be, they saw Allen's jump from year one to year two, which was nice, but it was not as big as year two to three. But they still wanted to run the ball because he could grind it out. And Moss is not a bad pass catcher for a guy that's more of a power back. Uh, you know, he's had some injuries. He just didn't take the job like they thought he would. And uh, I told you a year ago, be careful where you rank him. They're really down on him. And that turned out to be right. And I was a Zach Moss guy. Like, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I, you know, based on the early reports I had as they really liked him, he just didn't take the job. It's sort of like Trey Sermon. They were handing the guy the job. 
and he didn't take it. And he may have thought he had it. Who knows? I can't speak for Zach Moss. But the opportunity was his. He was going to be their lead back. He blew it. He had the, t- he had the toe injury. He kept getting hurt. They moved on. They tried to they tried to make the trade for McCaffrey. They were they were never even had a real conversation because the Panthers said he's not available. You know that they signed they verbally agreed to McKissick deal with him. He backed out. So what does that tell you? They moved on from trying to run the ball a lot. We know that they want to throw the ball a lot. They want someone who can catch the football. In comes James Cook. Yeah, got him with forty grabs. I think he might be a little overrated, but we shall see. I do have him with the forty grabs. I just don't oh, know how many carries the guy's going to oh, get. He- Here's what they love about him. This is what Singletary does not have. Cook's got some juice. He's He is more explosive. Singletary's a nice back. Uh, coaches love him. Front office loves him. Does everything he's asked. Uh, they call him motor. He's, uh, he's a, he, just, he's just, he, he takes coaching. Okay, They really like the kid, but he doesn't have any juice. He's decisive, downhill, little bit of short air quickness, but is not explosive in any way, shape, or form like Cook is. Yeah. Cook's going to have a bigger role than you think. You got to give it time, though. Yeah. You got to let it evolve. We have to be patient in fantasy. It's, you can't worry. Like I've kept telling myself for years, and you, you know me pretty well. I get impatient sometimes, and it, it bites me in the tuckus. <laughs> yeah. Where I think I, sometimes yeah. we got to understand this is a good NFL move. This is going to help the Bill offense. Oh, Don't yes. know about fantasy, though. With I with think if you're James patient, Cook. though, it later could be week four, week eight, he starts to have a, a definitive role. We know Singletary is the primary back. That's not in question. It just could, could Cook be their primary third down back. Yes, at some point. He'll be a changeup for sure because he's explosive. Now, Duke Johnson's on the roster. So theoretically, Duke Johnson, if he makes it, could be the third down back to start yeah. the season. Yeah. But trust me when I say this, they drafted James Cook to eventually be that guy. You just have to be patient. Let's go to the Miami Dolphins. And not a ton going on here. Um, obviously, a big year for Tua. They've done a lot, but everyone else in the world yeah. has broken it down. I am still intrigued by Sony Michel. I think he's going to be uh, you know, handling a, a pretty decent role here, underrated role, but Anything jump out to you in terms of uh, your insider notes on Miami? Yeah, the the only negative here when you talk about Michael, so I mean Sony Michelle, duh, is that they gave Edmonds starter money at running back. It stunned me when I saw it. I was like, "Are you serious? Mm, the guy's true. a change up, little third down, share the ball. He's not a lead back." We told you know we 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 said that a couple of years ago. This is a mistake when they would go to him as lead back. He's better coming in uh, back of a power back, but. And you look, here's the one thing. If Mike McDaniel's running anything like Kyle Shanahan's offense, the scheme is, but the philosophy of running the ball first, you would think that they will run the ball with Edmonds a, a decent amount. And obviously, Michelle, because he's an inside grinder. Uh, yeah, look, Edmonds is making just over $6 million per season. That ha- He has to be the lead back. There's no debate there. You're, you're not spending $12 million over two years for him to be the backup. That's not happening. Yeah. I've but, got him with 170 touches, yeah. and I've got Michelle with 125. You know, right? Now that could happen. That could happen. Like yeah. that's a good point. Where okay, Edmonds is the first guy in. A Michelle could be the closer if they get a lead, and you know they have a good roster. So Michelle, you're right. I, I agree with you with Michelle. He's kind of sneaky. Where's his ADP? Uh, still buried like 200 overall. Oh, actually, okay. no. It's it's moving up one seventy eight right now as of uh, June twenty eighth. It's a bargain. It's a bargain. Yeah, that is a bargain. Yeah, I've been taking them in best ball left and right. Not a ton going on here. By the way, of... yeah. 
Real quick, Sony Michelle, he, he's uh he signed a one year deal just above the veteran minimum. Uh it's uh for one one point seven five million. So he's the contracts always tell you stories. This is something I'm gonna write about. I'm, I'm gonna try to write about for the your your website. But contracts almost always tell a story about how the team feels about a player. Well, the contracts tell you Edmonds by structure is the starter, the lead back. Michelle's gonna be his backup, but that's a good article. Be, That's a good article for the preseason. Like, yeah, let's yeah. break down the yes. top 25 most intriguing contracts, and you could basically spin it to, like, this is what they're telling us. Right. So, anyway, to move on here, but it does, like you said, it doesn't mean Michelle won't cut into it. He certainly will be because Edmonds is not a guy shown he can handle a lot of volume. New England Patriots, as we move along here, and again, insider notes here are extremely difficult. I personally. We'll see about James White, but I'm not expecting anything from the two rookie running backs. Hell, James White himself didn't do crap his rookie year. I am looking for Ramondre maybe to carve out a little role in the passing game here with Brandon Bolden gone. I guess we'll see about that, but that's a thing. You got anything else on New England? No, I've been telling you, you know, last year you were so bullish on Ramondre, and I know we had on the radio, we had uh, we love Andy Hart, but I said, I'm just telling you, my guy with the Patriots said, it's Damian Harris's job and he's not losing it. And I kept, you know, I wouldn't back off of that. I kept telling you, I know there's buzz on Stevenson. I'm just telling you, this guy would know. He said, nope, Harris is our lead back. We love him. He's a grinder. He pounds it. You know, they're going to run the ball. In fact, as much as I don't like it because I'm a pass game guy by analytics, um, if you just based on the two tight ends who they're going to have to play a lot of 12 personnel, they have to, they can go 11 because they have like so many receivers, but yeah, yeah. they, they got to make up, they, they have to account for, or for Henry and John Smith's contract. It's just, they have to play that Belichick, as much as I respect him and I'm a huge fan, he made a terrible mistake with those contracts. Yeah, he did. And you have to play. They have to play. That's just the way it is. It was a little bit of a, a panic move. They had all the cap room. and Yeah, finally. They, right. They just felt like they had so much ground to yeah, make up. It, it kind of worked. I mean, they were competitive. Jono uh, was terrible, though. John was oh, Jono was awful. But Mac Jones was pretty damn good. Kendrick yeah. Bourne, I kind of like. They had in uh, Thornton. Uh, Aguilar was okay. We knew that wasn't going to work out. Bad we'll contract. move on to the New York Jets. And we can even back up and, and give us the Cliff Notes version of what you hear about Zach Wilson because it's mostly yeah. good. Yeah, look, he he had some issues with mechanics and he played played too fast. Uh, I was told last season, and it backs up what Cosell said. Greg Greg said, you know, about the letting the play come to him and not trying to fire fastballs. But my understanding is he just played too fast, needs to settle down, let it flow. And this is typical of a rookie who re- was really not ready to go. And now they've really helped him with Garrett Wilson. We love Elijah Moore to be a breakout player. We're both kind of wearing the same hat on him. And the great thing about Moore is he's the only receiver they have on the roster that literally could line up anywhere you want. Oh, yeah, I love him. And that, that's really important. Where Corey Davis, despite his size, is really a Z. He's just not the most physical guy despite his size. So they've got a good group. In fact, they love C.J. Uzama. Love him. But the guy they love as a movable guy is Tyler Cogman's going to be in their move tight end. Yep. He is super athletic. He's perfect for this this Mike LaFleur West Coast offense. Uh, analytically, they thought he – whatever their analytic model is, he fit it really well. He hit he hit a lot of the uh, the numbers. So the, the pass target group is great. Like that's, oh, it's great. Um, I want to give you offense. an example of uh, – 
I guess, uh, the insight we, we can get from Mr. C. Now, it's still, it's still Uzama leading the way, but two months ago, when, when Uzama, I guess, and Conklin first came onto the roster, Uzama was by far the guy that everyone was drafting. Uh, and that still is the case, but it's it's changing already. And and that's a good example of uh, the insider tip that, you know, maybe the beat reporters aren't dialed into that and people haven't caught on. But that's the thing. Uzama's going to be the boring guy. And if there's one guy for fantasy, it's going to be Conklin. Yes. Now, the question for you would be, because they're going to share, they're going to share the role. Now, what I what I'm interested to see is how much does Mike LaFleur now, if he has confidence in Wilson, because they're not paying both Conklin and Uzama a ton of money, but it's enough where they both have to play. But you just spent a first round on Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore's a second rounder, but they love him. He's a stud. Corey Davis is making a ton of money. So how do they balance between going from 11 to 12 personnel per game? The great thing, and Brax Abares, who I didn't even mention, who's a change-up receiver. They also play a little running back. Yeah, What a group they have. And the other thing that they're excited about is if Beckton, if Beckton could just stay healthy, and play like 14 games between Vera Tucker, Lake and Tomlinson, who they added. Connor McGovern's got to uh, live up to his contract. He had a pretty big one. But they feel like their offensive line is going to be pretty good. They've got good back, good depth. This could be an offense that's kind of a sleeping giant. But I would I would warn you, though, the one problem with the Jets is their schedule is very, very difficult. I do think Becton is huge here in a huge key. If he can really show up in shape and he's on track – and, and just p- put the the left tackle job, just take it and put it on lockdown. Play alongside, uh, you know, Tomlinson. You got Vera Tucker on the right side now. He was on the left side, I guess. And maybe you can help out little George Fant there on the right side. That could go a long way toward getting the quarterback comfortable. Well, and Fant, then quick- real quick, I think f- right now Fant's the leader for the left tackle. Yeah, and, I guess. Yeah, and Be- and Beckton may be playing right. So they'll – that's the one issue because they already handed they already said Fant is the is kind of like their guy right now for okay. left tackle. They need to see how Beckton shows up in shape. In fact, the head coach would not even he wouldn't commit to that, saying that Beckton was in good enough shape yet. In, in his okay. last press yeah, uh, understood. After around. last year, understood. Oh. I personally think if they if they had their way, Beckton would be in shape and dominating and playing left tackle. That's what he was. At, oh, yeah, no yeah. doubt. And Fan no was doubt. a great story. He, right. He, he, He's like a dancing he, bear out there, Beckton. And then the backfield, Brees Hall, do, do you think they already view him as a lead back or is that yes. like the, the old yeah, competition? You don't have to worry about it. Again, it's all, I always tell myself this, and I have to tell your listeners, it's all about September. It's not about August and depth charts. Don't worry about what you – like if the beat reporters say, oh, Hall's running second team, folks. Right, right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's always the end game for fantasy. I, I've I've learned dumb lessons over the years where I've made mistakes where I was buying in. Oh, this guy's ahead of him. Uh-oh. Folks, it's the end game. They drafted Brees Hall to be their their, their guy. <laughs> uh, and he is – and I've told you this. He's the closest thing to Jonathan Taylor in terms of talent uh, since Taylor's drafted. That's the way the league sees him. He's super gifted. And, he, and, and the other thing is – if your Jets fan listen to us, their whole almost their whole draft was the top player they had at near the top player. Like Garrett Wilson, their top rated receiver. Brees Hall, their top rated running back. Jermaine Johnson, their top rated pass rusher. Sauce Gardner, their top rated corner and number one player for the draft. That's incredible. Yeah, no, it's a hell of a haul. No, no doubt about it. And uh, we're absolutely rooting for it because again, I I did uh, tell Larry David uh, back in 2021 that the Jets were on track, and he, you know, he he 
put a lot of stock in my thoughts and I, I'm rooting for them now. Just just for that fact alone here. Uh, we are listening to the Fantasy Points podcast, the Hanson's Hints episode with Mr. Adam Kaplan. And by the way, if you're not already subscribed to FantasyPoints.com, you got to get in there, get all up in there. All kinds of great stuff going on this year. The Fantasy Points data team is mm. assembled. Adam, it's going to be big time. How about that? I'm Our own away. stats, sir. How I about know. that? I'm blown away by what you guys are doing. It's just uh, the content. There's no fantasy set out there, and it's not a criticism of anyone else. It, it's what you have the advantage of. I, I've told people who've asked about you. I said, John is obviously brilliant, but what makes him better than everyone else is he started. What did you start? 96? 95. And you never rested on your laurels. You always had this vision of getting better every year. And you've also, you were smart enough to, under, you weren't just a fantasy guy. Yes, that's what you do by trade. It's your business. But you tried to learn the NFL. You assembled a great roster of sources, people you could bring in like Cosell and I and uh, beat writers you trusted are very good that you and I know personally. And you just, you get it. You get it. And it's, um, you, there, there are very few people in the fantasy business could cross over who know the NFL as well as you do. It's, I'm surprised, I'm kind of surprised, John. I've never told you that before. I'm kind of surprised. But I think what, what made you smart is you were will you you were one of the few fantasy guys that thought you didn't know everything. You wanted to learn more. Oh God, no, no, I'm not that, a numbers that guy. That is the secret sauce. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm not a numbers guy. What did I do? I bring in numbers guys. Basically, Graham right. Barfield is really brilliant in terms oh, yeah. of putting putting you know putting away throwing the garbage stats in the trash mm-hmm. basically and focusing on what really matters. But yeah, everybody who's on fantasy points loves fantasy points. I mean that that's clear. Uh, AFC North, Mr. C, and not a ton going on here. I guess we'll find out when we're into July on J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Those two guys are, are – yeah. we don't have enough information, I don't think. Uh, I talked to my Ravens guy uh, a week ago who gave me an update on the receiver position, you know, opposite Bateman. But, uh, yeah, he I, – I don't want to – I'm not trying to break any news here. It didn't sound like they'd be on the field very early on. Yeah. Training camp. Uh, I'm sure things could change over the next month, but – uh, Tyler Beatty is a guy I'm always looking for something. Oh yeah. I'm always looking for some guy that's not on the radar that have certain, like, well, no one would have guessed Cordell Patterson cause he's been in the league 10 years and he never did anything, but someone, if everything breaks, right. If this guy's not ready, this guy's not ready. And Oh, wow. Look, look, who he's playing like, like James yeah. Robinson would have been a great one. Yeah. I wish it would have miles Gaskin as Gaskin. well. Oh, that's the ultimate. Oh my God. A couple of years ago. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Someone was third or fourth in the depth chart. If certain things work out, this is the ultimate guy this year. Tyler Beatty. Beatty. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he is a small kid, but he, he is tough as hell and he could catch it. Yeah. So he, he would be that guy. Justice Hill, man. I've not heard a thing about him in the three years he's been in the league. This is year four for him. Can you believe it? Yeah. No, I know. I know. It's incredible. I mean, it's, hey, good for him. He's collected a check. But unfortunately, the guy's got like, I don't know, 20 touches. So what did you hear about the receiving group? We know about Bateman. Is it, yeah. is it the committee? It I is. Know, I know my guy James Prochet is slow as hell, yeah. but that guy does catch everything. Yeah, I, I put a, I put a nugget out, which made a ton of news with Ravens fans that the Ravens were talking to Eagles about Jalen Rager during the draft. During uh, the yeah, draft. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was a, that would be good. I don't know why they didn't want to do it, but my understanding was that the Ravens backed off. Um, there was never any offer or anything. They just talked to the Eagles. And this is what happens during the draft. Because remember, the Ravens were shopping Chuck Clark because they drafted a Kyle Hamilton. Oh, and yeah. They also, and they also signed Marcus Wentz for $14 million a year. So 
made uh, Chuck Clark expendable. But nevertheless, so my understanding is they're just having a rotation opposite Bateman. My, this is my early feeling. It's going to be now. This is if they don't make a trade for somebody or sign a veteran. You would have to think by week one they're going to add. They, they can't think that this is going to work with what they have. Devin Duvernay, right? Yeah. If you recall, heading into his final year, Texas, he he played strictly on the outside. He moved inside his final year, Texas. He went from being a six-round pick, I was told, to a third because he was dominant in playing slot. He's just not an outside. He's just not an outside receiver. James Prochet certainly is not an outside receiver. Yeah. yeah. So so they're working in Tylen Wallace and Duvernay, and then you got all these. Uh, they have six undrafted from this year, a couple from previous years. They have to do something. Like, come on, Ravens. You got. Though I think maybe it, this really signifies a regression if you will reverting to previous form where all tight ends all middle of the field run 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 they are i feel like turning back the clock to like 2019 it's unbelievable speaking of that so behind edwards you got nick boyle one of the best blocking tight ends in the nfl okay but then they drafted two of the best tight ends for this draft though they they got guys and and caller and Isaiah, isaiah likely who's more of a flex tight end oh and they also have josh Oliver. Josh Oliver, formerly, they got a trade. For, so you're right. Look, it's obviously going to be – they should lead the NFL in 12 personnel. Cleveland would have, but now they've got Watson. Well, we'll see with Watson how many games he plays this season, if at all. This but, all might help Lamar, by the way. Sure. I mean, you could simplify it, but I could tell you that their plan, the, the pandemic year, had they not had the pandemic, was they were going to give him more volume in the past game. That was their goal. They thought he was getting it. Then you have the pandemic, no offseason last year with the illnesses. Yeah, and so weird stuff was going on. So we'll see. But you're, I, I would agree. You've got two pass targets, Andrews and Bateman, who's one of my breakout players this year. Oh God, yeah, Cincinnati Bengals, and it looks like they well, well, they didn't do much in the backfield here behind Joe Mixon. It looks like Chris Evans, the second year man out of Michigan, may challenge Samaji Piran for the third down job, but. Otherwise, bringing in Hayden Hurst, replacing Uzama with Hurst, might give him a little more juice. But otherwise, there's not a lot going on here other than the fact that the O-line yep. has been seriously reinforced. So it's it's go time. Yeah, the the they added a minimum of three new starters with Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and a Collins. Collins, is a, Collins could play right. He's played left, but he's more of a right tackle guard. So he'll play right tackle for them. Uh, their depth is very questionable, though. They can't afford an injury, but they've upgraded their starting unit. Yeah, they're going to be better. The, look, he got uh, Burrow got sacked 20 times during the playoffs. That's inexcusable. Like, that has to be a playoff record. Oh, yeah. When I saw that oh, yeah. stat out there, I'm like, this can't be right. I didn't check it, but I saw the stat out there. I was like, well, no wonder. Okay, well, good job by uh, Duke Tobin, who's their quasi-GM. Uh, so let, let's... Let's see what happens here going forward, but I'm I'm so bullish on Burrow even more than I normally would be because he now he can now actually step into most of his throws because they should be able to block it. Oh yeah, no no doubt. Cleveland Browns, well, lot going on here, and you know it does seem like Deshaun Watson is screwed for this year. It feels like that's coming down, it's Adam. Like Twelve gamer or you know full season. I mean. It could well. That's what the NFL wants. I can tell you that as a fact. That's what they want. It's all what uh, the appointed judge, the the retired federal judge, Sue Robinson wants, based on the evidence, based on the information. We'll see. Nobody, no one has any. 
I could have told you a year ago that the NFL wanted a significant suspension, no matter what information was out there. I could tell you as a fact, that's where they've always wanted it. But the problem is with this process, which changed in 2020, they brought an independent person to Robinson. But the craziness of this is the NFLPA, I don't know why they agree to this. You know, the, you know who the hearing officer is? I mean, who? the appeals officer is? Who? Goodell. Oh, right. Because he's it's no longer crazy. handing down the actual punishment. Well, no, she'll make the recommendation. Yeah. So if the NFL wants to appeal, it goes to Goodell. And of course, he's going to want a year, at least a year. And now the the NFLPA with the great Jeffrey Kessler, he's brilliant, who's won a lot of cases against the Eagles every year, against the uh, NFL over the years. They'll we'll see what his argument is. But the whole thing's kind of fascinating. But uh, it's it's I feel b- bad for Browns fans because you know talking to the Browns, they they feel really good about their roster. But if you don't have if you don't have Watson for half the season or full season, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, it's sad. And, and Jacoby Brissett. We like him. He's scrappy. Nice guy. But doesn't really move the needle. He's exactly. very slow, very yeah. deliberate. They'll run the rock. Oh, obviously. ton. Yeah. Now, now they're another team with Njoku's contract and our guy Harrison Bryant. They're going to be a lot of 12. They'll be top five and 12. I don't know if they'll lead it. But the thing, the nugget that I got out a couple weeks ago, which I thought was kind of interesting. I kind of thought this in the back of my mind, but I didn't know. They're going to line up Cooper a lot inside. He won't be all the time inside, but he is... Because that's where Bell's going to play a lot, but Bell won't be a starter. Just my sense is it'll be Cooper and DPJ, who's their quasi deep threat. Because he, you know, he gets he can run for yeah straight line ish, right? But he gets open. Jakeem Grant will be a changeup, and then Schwartz. Schwartz, they tried him inside in practice last year. They thought he could be a vertical slot. He might do some of that stuff, but he'll probably line up more outside. But he's very raw. So I, it, if the the season started today. My my early sense would be it'd be Cooper and DPJ, and then when they go when they go eleven, Bell's a slot. Um, or or they could rotate Cooper inside. There's just they think Cooper's dynamic inside. So we'll yeah, he's oh, always I'll, been. I know, and I'll be at their training camp. I I think for a couple now, of days. So if this the Sean Watson thing never happened and Baker was on the team as a starter, I would be all about Baker and Cooper because I think that's a great. Yeah. Uh, connection sure. right there you would uh, think but very it, structured it, unlike the obj freelancing out there stuff um yeah. anything going on in the backfield because kareem hunt i personally think is a declining player they drafted jerome ford re-signed mm-hmm. the ernest johnson i guess they'll keep all four but anything going on with kareem hunt contract wise it could well he wants it yeah he wants it he, he, he wants it extended He's on the final year of his deal. Uh, they paid him his one million roster bonus, which was fully guaranteed anyway at signing in March. Um, they could look; they could save a lot of money under the cap if they wound up trading him or cutting him. Uh, that's going to be something. When I say four, between four to five million, they could save if they if they wound up trading him by week one. You may, the interesting thing is that with Dearness Johnson, that they wanted him back despite bringing back. Uh, Hunt, you know, you would, and then plus, as you said, Jerome Ford, by the way, I don't know if I told you this, there, there were teams that had third round grades on him. There are a lot of teams that really liked him. So I, would it surprise me if they moved uh, Hunt by you know the start of week one? No, it would not. Yeah, so that's uh, something to keep an eye on. I saw some people out there talking about how he's a value this year, Kareem Hunt. Certainly it's, could be. I'd lean the other way. Yeah. 
going off the board there at RB 33. I only have him at 38 for what it's worth. And then we move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It does seem like the closer we get to camp, the more Trubisky is probably a favorite, but we'll he see. Definitely. Yeah, he definitely. No, he, he, here's the deal. He is the clear favorite going in. Okay. There's no doubt. Here's the difference between both of them. Pickett is a better processor of yeah. information. He just, he played in a pro offense. Trubisky's got a strong arm. They're both athletes. They both have good size, but I'm not ruling out Pickett winning it. And, you know, I, so so let me ask you this for fantasy, for the pass target group, for Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, and our guy, Calvin Austin, who would you rather be the quarterback? Pickett. I think he's more con- consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, he can you. make yeah. plays three levels of the field. He's got better touch timing and anticipation. That's why yeah. they drafted him. Yeah, he was the most pro-ready quarterback for this draft by far, which is why he was the only first-rounder at quarterback. So... Yeah, I, that's why I'm not ruling it out. I'm just not. Uh, you know, talking the Bills about Trubisky, I'll tell you this. Apparently, he was phenomenal last year. He, you know, he he just he had to get away from the Chicago stuff, stuff all the negativity. Yeah, he played. He practiced free. I know he was going against the second team, but apparently, he looked exceptional. So we'll see. I mean, if if Trubisky does win the job, and it's definitely an open competition. Uh, and I know their beat report, reporters say Trubisky's a, a lock. I don't see it that way. In fact, I definitely don't see it that way, knowing what I know about both quarterbacks. But let's just see if Trubisky could ever be consistent. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is, I think the quarterback situation is probably going to improve compared to last year with Big Ben. Oh, Uh, because they'll throw, they'll throw, even though Pickett doesn't have a strong arm, the confidence that Matt Canada will have to throw the ball, at least to the intermediate level, and and if Trubisky is the quarterback to the deeper level. You've got Claypool's a big guy could run. Pickett's could flat out run. Deontay Johnson, we forget like his run after the catch ability. He can run. It's just because of what you're playing with. With Rossberger, it was a problem. And now you've got Calvin Austin, who might be the most explosive receiver for this past draft, but he's just small. Yeah, they'll be they'll open it, they'll open it up a bit. Every uh, beat reporter I talk with uh, for the Steelers, they 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 all hate uh, Claypool. By the way, they, they yeah. Well, he's he needs to grow up, man. Yeah, well, just just on the field too. He he does a lot of like I don't know weird things. Well, He's... that Minnesota game was the yeah. worst when he got benched. Yeah. Did he get benched in overtime? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I can't well, recall exactly. Back. He got benched in that game, and and I, it was bizarre because I remember having him on one of my teams. I was like, why is he on the sideline? Did did he? I, I know he did something dumb, and then then uh, Tom admitted it. It was for discipline. And like, are you trying to win a game, which is important? You, you I get it. Tomlin had it. Set the example, you know, it's too bad. I, I interviewed George Pickens. He is um, an interesting guy himself, but I didn't get a bad vibe. Uh, he's a little all over the place. But, Maturity uh, with him was the, yeah. it's why he, see, here's the thing. The ACL was fine. Like he, he played late. He, he, he got some games in. Uh, the reason why I dropped out of the first round had nothing to do with injury. It was for maturity. Teams knew that there was some maturity stuff with him. Um. I'll say this though, and I know Claypool right now looks disappointing. We we know that we know that their former GM Kevin Colbert's one of the, maybe the best in NFL history drafting receivers. Yeah, and it was his call. So if he wanted Pickens, I'm all in. Yeah, me too. And and uh, our guy Greg Cosell loved Pickens. I yeah. was very high on him. Uh, yeah. You and I both were were in Mobile watching Calvin Austin get open on every oh, damn route. Killed it. Yeah, he killed it. 
crushed it. Uh, so we, we are high on him as well. And uh, not much going on in the backfield. They're not going to give the exactly. ball to anyone of note here behind no. uh, Najee. Uh, maybe they're going to give McFarlane, who's been a disappointment for the first two uh, seasons. Because uh, Oh, yeah, and Canada. I remember talking about Canada last summer. I forgot that he coached him for one year at Wisconsin. Uh, but, uh, Maryland. I mean, Maryland. I'm sorry, Maryland. So now he went up. I think he – yeah, he went on the COVID list last season. And, yeah, he was also in on injury reserve. He hadn't done anything, but he's explosive. Maybe I wouldn't draft him, but Snell is the de facto handcuff. But this is one where, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't, I'm not big on drafting handcuffs. I'm all, it's all situational, depending on the team. There's is no handcuff guy a good here. Football player? What's that? I mean, there's no real handcuff. No, there. Well, Snell, Snell would be the first guy in, but he we know who he is. He's no. just, he's an inside grinder, no juice at all. None. Doesn't no. have the versatility of Harris, who's got who's a, got better vision. So I, I would not draft anyone other than Harris in the backfield. AFC South in Houston. We are waiting on John Mechie. So far, so good. Everything, I talked with him in, way back in February. The guy was majorly confident in his recovery, and we're on track there. Um, we'll see. Brandon Cooks is the one. Him and Nico Collins kind of battling out here. Pretty good old line. The real thing here is obviously the backfield. And can the rookie Damian Pierce climb to the top of the depth chart is he good enough to be uh, an rb1 i say yes but i know he's not a stud nothing's guaranteed yeah so just understand rex burkhead is a guy that you know if you if you look at his age you know he can't handle a lot of volume like he you know he's 30 32 years old which he he turns next week so you can't give him a lot of volume he's a specific type of back and he's obviously for fantasy he's banning because you never know when he's going to go off but Marlon back. Marlon Mack had a good offseason. He looks to be back fully from the Achilles. Neither of those guys are lead backs. Royce Freeman certainly is not a lead back. Ogunbowa is more of a fullback slash running back. Absolutely, Pierce could be their starter week one. Uh, in fact, he might be take over by mid mid uh, August. Who knows? But I'm, the only guy that I want out of that backfield will be Pierce because there's a wonderful opportunity there for him to yeah. be the guy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and we'll see. We'll, we'll get the information we need to shape the opinions, um, you know, closer to the season, get it right. But yeah, that's absolutely our lean. Uh, certainly never been a big Marlon Mack guy and um, still haven't really, well, I guess Deontay Foreman, but still haven't seen a guy coming off of an Achilles who has a big season carrying the rock. We'll see about Cam Akers this year as well. Indy Colts, pretty good vibes with Matt Ryan stabilizing things at quarterback. And we do like Alex Pierce. Not a ton going on here. We do like Naheem Hines to bounce back as PPR killer Carson Wentz is off oh. the roster. Uh, not a lot here, Adam. What do you hear? <laughs> it's funny. When, when we were doing our show last last summer, and I said, folks, I hate to break this to you if you don't follow Carson Wentz. He is. He hates checking down. He won't do it. I just know enough about the player. Like He just will not do it. Yeah. And the, the word I heard is they had stuff designed for Hines. He just get the football. And then you heard Chris Ballard, the GM, say he's got to get the football more. They're paying him six million bucks a year. I mean, the guy was a juggernaut. He was like the RB eighteen in twenty twenty. I, I don't listen. That that's a that's embarrassing. Like you, you have a kid who's explosive like this. I, I I'm a huge fan of his, making over six million dollars a year, and you 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 can't get this guy the football. And part of it's look, Frank Reich's got to do a better job. You and I talked about that uh, early last season. Like he he wasn't getting terribly the ball enough. 
And, uh, you know, I know they've got some issues in their offensive line. They don't have a left tackle right now. They don't, they're hoping Raymond will be ready. This is the third rounder. I was a project. Matt Pryor uh, formulated the Eagles, who's a good backup, but he's not a starter, though they're paying $5 million. And right guard, I, probably with Danny Pinner, who they like. But um, I like Hines because uh, Matt, Matt Ryan will check it down. As a standalone player, as a non-handcuff for Taylor, this is a guy that I want because Frank Wright, and, and, and I, I know this, that they've talked about this internally, where they have to get him the football. And how about what Frank Reich said? He said something about, I don't play fantasy, or something like, if you play fantasy football, you're going to want Naheem Hines or something like that. Oh, yeah. I was shocked that he said that. Well, that's <laughs> all because he sees Matt Ryan. Like, oh, wow. This right. is a got the check down, right? Big departure and, from uh, Mr. Wentz, the PPR and, killer. Yes. One Jaguars. Thing, one thing. Yeah. Matt Ryan is coachable where if he'll run the what he'll run it the way it's uh, dialed up. Plus, if Hines is the outlet guy, Matt Ryan will check it down. Carson Wentz always wants to make the big play. Matt That's Ryan, in general, in Atlanta, and I know this from doing a radio show with Roddy White back in the day, like huge part of the offense was the check down. Uh, you you know, that's why these guys catch the ball uh, in Atlanta, like Devontae Freeman uh, back in the day. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and um, ETN, you've been hearing basically for two months good stuff on Travis ETN. Actually, back at the combine, remember, I know it's like one of the first nuggets I got that ETN was running in February and felt good and he'd be ready for training camp. Hell, hell he was really good in OTAs. So, um, no, he's their lead back. They don't know what they're going to get out of Robinson, unfortunately. I mean, he's, you know, he's been running straight ahead. You know, as you know, he got hurt very late in December. So it'll be touch and go for the regular season. I, I don't know that he'll definitely be ready, but even no matter what, whenever he's ready to actually get on the field, doesn't mean he'll be effective. I love ETN as a second back. He's so explosive. The former staff was going to do it. Unfortunately, he never played for them because he got hurt. The new staff, as talking to some people there, they want to do the same thing. Is he's going to be flexed out a lot as a receiver? Uh, this is not a. I'll say this much also as we transfer a little bit to their pass target group. The pass target group is certainly upgraded. It's not great, but it's fairly deep. I mean, it's very deep actually. I mean, if you if we assume that LaVisca Chenault is going to continue to, or not LaVisca Chenault, Laquan Treadwell is going to continue to surprise us. Chenault apparently is, you know, I guess he's dropped some weight. He's showing well this summer. We'll see about that one. I've never been a Chenault guy, but I I feel like they, they have enough to get it done. And Doug Peterson, look, I'm not a Doug Peterson guy, but the guy gets it done more often than not. The Mm -hmm. offenses are productive. They throw it a lot. And that, in that sense, it's kind of good for ETN. I, I see ETN being a Doug Peterson type of running back. Oh yeah. Cause he likes his backs to get the football in the pass game when he has that guy, you know, when he yeah. has someone who could really catch it. Miles Sanders did a great job in his first year. And then that for whatever reason, he didn't get the ball much in the pass game after that. But uh, no, I would agree with your assessment. Plus they got two flex tight ends at Ingram and Arnold. Manhurts will be their Y tight end there. And they could the kid Luke Farrell who didn't really do much last season was a fifth round of Ohio state. Uh, the only issue is at center where Linder retired. So that that does worry me a little bit. But the Fortner kid, I know Cosell, I think, said he liked him. So hopefully yeah, the rookie. They have a couple rookies back there. Uh, may need to lean on a rookie there at center. Fortner, could be a, yeah, it could be, uh, could be a little bit of an issue. Well, speaking of issues here, uh, Tennessee, 
just a buzzkill when they trade away AJ Brown. It just felt like that kind of took the wind out of their sails, you know, still recovering from that devastating playoff loss. And then Derrick Henry, a year older, the hits. I mean, you talk to any running back who played in the NFL and you ask him about talk about the hits and the pounding that Derrick Henry has taken. They'll they'll all probably voice a concern. I know he's not really old, but you, you just add it all up. The old line has taken shots. I am not feeling it at all. What do you have on the Titans? I don't like anyone, honestly. Other, yeah. The only guy I've liked was Austin Hooper for the last two months. Yeah, my uh, my issue would be Henry is 28 in two weeks, so he's 28 by NFL standards. So the way that the league looks at it is whatever your age is to start week one, well, he's 28 in NFL years. He's got the plate in the foot from the broken foot. You wonder at 28 years old, is this the beginning of the end? This is his first major injury. Uh, you worry about the accumulation of carries. And I know he has this unique running style where he doesn't take a, as much contact as maybe some other backs, but he's still running back. A lot of volume. It does worry me. Haskins will wind up at in the end by September being the two. They draft him to be that guy. He's physical as hell. He fits their style of run game they want. Hilliard's a changeup. He's great in that role. So they're good there. The problem is, you know, right tackle is a little bit of a concern. Uh, uh, Reduns will probably be that guy. Uh, Luan's back. He's... I don't, he may not be the same player from a performance standpoint that he once was, but good player. Uh, the left guard spot's got to got to kind of settle in there. Nate Davis uh, is okay at right guard, and ben, ben Jones is a solid center. But the big issue for them is their, the receiver court is – let's call it like it is. It's one of the worst in the NFL. It's just I, – I don't know what to expect. I know Woods is doing great. He, he's He'll be on field first day of training camp. But Burks was not ready. I know he's got the asthma. That's concerning. Yeah, some conditioning problems. Yeah. Did just, very little. Yeah, Phillips is a slot. That's great. They need one, but it, I mean, they, they have no depth. They just it's scary. It's not good. Make sure you listen to the Tennessee Titan franchise focus podcast here, by the way. We had our guy Joe Dolan uh, talk about all these things with the great Teron Davenport of ESPN, who I talked to myself a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, our guy Hooper and uh, Tannehill quickly developing a rapport. So, yeah, I've been on this for two months. Hooper's catching 60 balls this year, basically out of necessity. Yeah, they need someone. And they were so uh, talking to people there, they really like Hooper uh, because the thing about Hooper, which the Falcons didn't know when they drafted him because he's really only pass catchers, he could block. He learned how to positional block well. It's kind of like when Brent Selleck was drafted by the Eagles. He just couldn't block anybody. And then once he learned how to do it with proper technique, he became one of the better blocking tight ends of the NFL just because he knew how to position himself and use his hands. Hooper has done that. You know, he's made a lot of money. Swain will be their main. You see, Swain, as I'm told, will be their wide tight end again. And Hooper uh, will be their move tight end. Now, for the most part, when they go two tight ends. So they got the kid Okonkwo. Chiggy. Uh, getting chiggy yeah, with who, it. Yeah, who's a fourth rounder who who could play out of Maryland. He's, he's like a, a Johnu Smith Yes, he's a, he's a white, he's a, he's at a, uh, he's an F tight end. So I'll have some juice for the subscribers. Uh, when, I, uh, probably by little, either right before training camp or, or, or early in training camp on, I got a couple of things I'm working on to find out what the, what the offensive structure is going to look like other than giving it to Henry a lot. I want to see how it's going to change with woods and, and so forth. Listening to the fantasy points podcast feed here, the Hanson's hints, 
segment here. I am John Hansen. Adam Kaplan, though, NFL Insider for the website and other outlets here, uh, giving the hints here as we go to the AFC West and our guy Javante, um, no big whoop here, no big news. Melvin back, we all know this. Not a ton going on here. A lot of weapons. We'll see how they all fit in in training camp. What do you have on Denver? So it'll, this is just my sense. It'll be a, a, a touch share of 70-30 Williams to Gordon. Uh, look, they drafted Gordon. The, the, the GM drafted him, uh, George Payton. This is his guy. Javante, they, they drafted yeah, Javante. Yeah, and the, the the way when a guy when a running back for the most part is drafted in the second round, that he's almost like a first round pick. That's the the team. The league does not believe in drafting for the most part drafting running backs in the first round. They'll do it occasionally, but for the most part now, the second round is almost like the first round. That's the way GM see it. This is their guy. I, I don't worry about Melvin Gordon. He he'll be a great handcuff. Certainly, he showed he still has something left. It surprised us last season. Did a good job, but it, it's. It's time to move to Javante Williams. Uh, it's Albert O. Albert O will be their starter. They'll figure it out who will be the backup. Uh, Dulcich is a is a flex tight end, so we'll see if he can block at this level. Uh, the receiver core is fantastic. The O line's good. Hamler's back from his ACL. We'll see how far back you know how how well he runs in training camp. Uh, the the um, the only thing that I the the thing that they really like is though that all. People want to peg Judy for the slot, and that's fine. But they feel like he could play anywhere, and they and they though the the two Sutton and Patrick are big receivers. They think there's some more flexibility to this offense than probably most people think. They just have to get there now with Hamler back as their shot play guy, and now that they have a quarterback, so you couldn't do a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about because you had Drew Locke as a quarterback. Now you have someone to actually throw the ball accurately, and plus they're going to take shot plays. That is coming. Oh yeah, I don't love anyone though. I mean, we've got four good receivers, two yeah. good tight ends, yeah, a couple of running backs who can catch the ball. I, yeah, it's a great group, really is a great. Great group. group overall. Great new quarterback. I, I'm kind of going Cortland Sutton as the guy, but I hear you. Jerry Judy is not. I agree with you. Yeah. Limited to the slot. Yeah, but Sutton, Sutton would be my main guy. Yeah, but and he's. I'm told he's all the way back. He from the major knee injury. You, if you really studied his tape, you would know that he wasn't quite there he was close yeah we also know he has the best chance to cozy up to russell with all like the religious stuff basically like tyler lockett did uh in seattle uh i'm 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 dead serious there actually that that seems that's an angle uh that that is an angle uh kansas city offense changing offense changing let's start there i think well what do you what do you mean by that i think that they will be a little bit more short to intermediate, maybe not as much relying on big plays and maybe even run the ball a little bit more and spread the ball around a little bit more. Yeah. Reed is, Reed is not a run game proponent. He just, he's not Uh, analytically. He, he, uh, the the thing about Andy Reed is interesting. He, he already believed in the past game coming in from green Bay to Philly in 1999. And then once he saw how analytical Philly was, this is a great marriage. He's still the same guy. He wants to throw it a lot more than they run it, particularly in the first half. Analytically, that's what he looks like. Looks at, but the problem is without Hill, you're right. I mean, I, I just don't see him take as many shot plays. I know MVS could run for his size, no question. Juju was a shot, he was a run after the catch. He had a high yards per catch three years ago, but it's been different. Uh, Rothberg had a lot to do with that. 
Plus, he's got this knee you got to watch out for. Yeah, why are people still taking him at, at wide receiver 30? I mean, we had his ass buried last year and buried well, yet again. It's the it's because you, you all those vacated pass targets, people yeah. are oh, we'll have to go to him. Not really. You have to you have to look at MVS, 10 million a year, talking to the Chiefs, I'm telling you, they think he could be way better than he was. And I laugh because he was playing with Aaron Rodgers, but I know what they meant. Yeah. It just felt that he should have gotten the ball more. They think he'll get the ball more here. And he didn't drop a pass last year. I know he didn't get a lot of pass targets, but every pass that's thrown him, he caught. Or was catchable, he caught. 50 but our catches would more. be a huge season, I feel like. What's that? 50 catches for him would be a big year. Well, I know you like to, to, to put in how many games they miss. I'm going to give him, let's say he plays 15 games. Let's say he gets three and a half catches per game on average, 52 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he'll average four a game. Because I don't, he doesn't command the ball from a possessional standpoint. He's just not that type of guy. Yeah. Where Juju is, you can throw him the ball ten times because he, he'll catch it, he'll get you a third down play. He's reliable. Uh, but boy, the the contract he got was so undervalued. He only is getting four million a year or four million. It's up to ten million, but he's only getting four million this season. There you go. Cool. They they told us a little bit about what they think of Juju. Yeah, yeah, and so do the other teams because he couldn't get the offer that he's looking for. No, Sky Moore's our guy. Sky Moore. It, I would have to say, other than Gabriel Davis in the three years, uh, last three years, I cannot remember a receiver that more receivers coaches were high on than this guy. They universe like I could have probably found if I talked to ten receivers coaches, maybe one or two didn't see an eye on Gabe Davis as the other eight did. They're all in on Sky Moore. Like everyone, NFL people, coaches, executives, love this kid and. It's the attitude. It's the willingness to go over the middle. It's the willingness to fight through contact, which is a major, major thing for coaches. He's going to have an opportunity to uh, take the job here. I don't care what has been reported. I absolutely can tell you more could take his starting job opposite MVS. Oh, yeah. We love him. One of the best interviews we've ever done, by the way. And when I watched it, gearing up for the interview on Sirius XM, I watched a lot of his tape and highlights. And, man, the thing that stood out to me was those huge hands uh, going up there on those jump balls, and and he was all about that. And then the the ten yard split, which is outstanding, which I think Andy's going to take advantage of that. This guy can get off the line clean, so I think he could be a volume guy. Yeah, the thing about Moore, which is incredible. Okay, the guy is not very tall at five nine and five ace. His hands, not only they, if they're not the biggest for this draft, ten and a quarter, which is monster. They were the biggest, right? Kenny Pickett has eight and a half. I mean, that's six foot three. Okay. It is important. I'm going to tell you why. It's important to have big hands. Not only is it for for catching the football. If someone's trying to grab you, you could grab because you've got an extra inch and a half. You could grab them too because your arms are, your your fingers are longer. It's it's important. And and, uh, the number one criteria for this kid in terms of why coaches love him, his ability to fight for contact was, uh, I believe, the best by tape study. You can't analytically. There's no grade on this. It's just what the tape showed. By far the best playing through contact. Incredible. Hey, Tyreek Hill was really good at that, too, and it's a little di- different way, but well, Tyre- uh, Sky's stronger, right? Sky, yeah. Sky Moore's incredibly strong. And, uh, I, I lo- yeah, when we interviewed him, the, you couldn't ju- – like, I know that he's not an elite receiver where you have to dr- – like, an NFL team says, oh, we got to take him in the first round. But if, if you just look at – not real tall, played at a school that's not, doesn't have a great football program at Western Michigan. He still went in the second round. That's pretty important. 
Very important. Uh, you know, our guy Greg Jennings went there too. I mean, they've produced some some star players here. Yeah. Uh, anything going on in the backfield? Uh, no. It's I think CH. Ronald Jones stinks. So, well, he's the look. He's the the way they're going to do this is CH is a lead. Jones is his backup. McKinnon's the third. Gore will try to make the team on special teams and see if he dresses. But it's those three now. But the kid Pacheco is really explosive. The seventh rounder of Rutgers. Yeah. Um, they want juice. I mean, they Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The funny thing is, you know, I know that I know they thought he was sort of like Brian Westbrook, but Brian, Brian Westbrook was so much more explosive than Ceh. Clyde Edwards is more darting. BWB was, dude, had juice, man. Major and speed. more natural play strength. Oh, and so explosive. People forget. I mean, it, the 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 uh, the knee problems kept him out of the Hall of Fame. But Brian Westbrook, for his, in his day, was one of the best fantasy backs too. But I still, this year, I'm I'm in on uh, Ceh. If he's ever going to do it, it's got to be this year. Line yeah. blocks a little bit better for the run, and. Again, we'll see if McKinnon can make it through a whole season, but Ronald Jones and his stone hands bodes well. <laughs> I mean, it bodes well for CEH to catch 50 balls. Yeah, just move my mic, folks, if you think I'm a little louder. Sometimes this Yeti mic doesn't always pick up my voice like it should. So anyway, uh, yeah, Ronald Jones is just – hes a, the only thing he does really well is he's got very good long speed. But yeah. running backs, you want short area quickness and burst. He's just he's just okay. McKinnon's still hanging in there. Yeah, yes. Moving on to the Raiders. Uh I saw something with Kenyon Drake recently. Like the Raiders must be hating the fact that he's he's even on the roster because well, this regime didn't didn't pay him. No, they did it to the last one, unfortunately, did not do a very good contract. Um No, I mean he's he he should be on the roster. He's on the final year of his three year deal. Um, what they did is, for, to, to save some cap space, they they took he had this fully guaranteed roster bonus, and they took that bonus and converted to a signing bonus just to to spread out the the uh, cap hit. So they saved about three and a half million under the cap. He he's going to be he most likely no matter how bad he might be he might he he probably might be the you asked me let me ask you this question mm-hmm. I think he's one of the most overrated fantasy backs in the history of this. So overrated that year where oh, Drake, yeah, he is. Second, oh, oh, and we've always kind of have a a little bit of a love hate relationship with the guy from day one. Like he lets hate us down. Drake, What's that? Hate the Drake, love the Drake. Uh, yeah, the, most we more often than not do, in fact, hate the Drake. And then uh, Zamir White, talk about dynasty. That's okay. a guy to get now. He could literally be their opening day starter next year. Yeah. Because Bolden's only a special teams player and a little bit occasionally used. Amir Abdullah is a guy you can't use very much. He's small. He's also older now. Jacobs didn't pick up a fifth-year option, and Drake's on the final year's deal. I, there's a very realistic possibility both won't be back next year. I, I could certainly see that. They didn't draft him. Josh Jacobs has not been the player that uh, I think a lot of us thought he would be. You saw flashes of it. He's also been hurt a lot. Uh I, I would Zamir White. The only problem with Zamir White is, and I'm a huge fan. I love his running style. It's the that's the problem though. He runs like Chris Carson, incredibly incredibly physical, and he's had two major knee injuries. I don't know that he'll have a, the reason why he dropped to the fourth, despite a lot of positivity. Right. Is he's got a major knee history. Probably not going to have a long career. Right, right. Right. Might have a two three year window there where he's getting it done. 
Um, and then we all know what's gone on here with all the other changes. I, I am very high on Derek Carr, not so much on Darren Waller. I think we can move on. Uh, we know that Devontae Adams is good, and so is Hunter Renfro, and we'll see what kind of shape Waller is in. The Chargers, and how about our guy Josh Palmer playing over Jalen Guyton in the OTAs? I thought that was yeah, a that's... nice little nugget. That should happen. That's yeah. He's just a better football player. That's not a surprise. Uh, I don't agree with your assessment on our show last week, where you felt that Palmer had some value. Uh, he needs help. I, he, he yeah. Now now he fits our. He need, like there should be. A, we should do an, a co article together. He needs help. Dot 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 to be a player this season. Palmer, you've seen it when he when uh, Keenan Allen was on the COVID list. Mike Williams, they had this crazy COVID breakout, uh, the, the failed test, the, the, the positive tests. So Pal- you saw Palmer, man. As uh, their GM told me, he he may not be fast, but he gets up on you very quickly. I thought that was a great way to ex- to express it. Yeah, He's play speed. Physical. What's that? Play speed, pretty good. Better, right. Better than his time speed, which is somewhere around four or five. But uh, he's a very good football player. He really is. But they, they're not, they, they don't go three wide a lot. and. It's a Williams at Keenan Allen show, unfortunately. So unless someone gets hurt, he he's just not going to be a factor. Yeah, it's fair. I I just like the player. He's I do. Hurt cheap, yeah. and I, I'll take a shot at that point. Um, and yeah, I guess more for dynasty. Like Keenan Allen is probably going to be Hall of Famer someday, and he's not slowing down <laughs> at all. But he's, I mean, he is thirty. Boy, I thought he was older than that. Yeah, I don't know fair. about you, but yeah, I don't know how long you keep guys in dynasty. I know you can, depending on what your rules are. I'm going to keep Josh Palmer like for because this kid's really good. Right. He's another guy that receivers coaches like. I know Cosell liked him because he could run away from everybody despite his time speed. I'm just going to hang in there for like three or four years with this guy. And just when it, eventually he's going to start, you know? That's a good point. And it is a good question about Keenan. Is this the time to get out on Keenan? Keenan. Wow. Keenan. It could absolutely be. Hmm. I would lean to That's, yes on that. Well, receivers will tell you around 32, they lose their legs. But he doesn't. He's he's just about getting open in a short area. I mean, he is so ridiculously. He's like an artist out there with yeah. his route running and craftiness. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't know, man. He's just he won't slop. In fact, that's true. We tried to trade him in our dynasty league, and I, I don't know why I said no. I, I should have taken him just because he's. I'm so dynasty. Like in our league, I just want all younger players. I'm like, no, you got to make exceptions sometimes, don't you? I guess you, you do. No, you do. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Spiller. Do you think people are sleeping on him a little bit? Um, Eckler, he is a grinder. This guy, he is. He's a he's a grinder. I think he's a little bit better than that, though. Don't you think? Um, look, he he's if you if you watch him play, he's a specific style. He's, he's his style is grinding it out. His long runs. If you watch his long runs, you go, man, it took him forever to get there. Uh, you got Josh Kelly's been an underachiever for the most part. Who uh, the kid that went to Northwestern? Uh, they did not resign. Who wasn't he? The, who's the other kid they had? Justin Jackson. He, he looked, didn't he look good? Last he year? did. No, but they yeah. didn't re-sign him. Yeah, I don't, uh, don't understand that. They want they want a more of a volume type RB two here to handle the tough thumper stuff. Sure, sure. No, I, I understand that. Uh yeah. So the great thing is they got Zion Johnson in there now from Boston College. It's a good pick. So he'll help, he'll help their offensive line. Uh, their defense for, for if you're playing in IDP leagues or whatever. So what I'm told is that Staley wanted to reshape their defense. Yes, they're running a 34, but he wanted bigger, more athletic players. 
So Kaiser White, who's their one of their starting inside linebackers, they don't they don't want him back because he's too small. They want to get a little bit bigger physically. They want their their linebacker, their outside linebackers bigger. So Khalil Mack, who we coached for one year with Chicago, he's there. Uh, th- this defense could be. They were terrible last year. For the most part, they were really underachieved. But now he's got Cal Vanoy, who's a stand-up linebacker who's got good size. So the, you know what? This defense could be sneaky for fantasy. I'd probably people aren't drafting because they were bad last year. But you know what? They could be sneaky. We have been going now for an hour, and we're through the AFC. So let's we'll make NFC a decision next. live. You want to keep going? Yeah, let's do NFC next week. What do you think? All right. Um, or even maybe even later this week, right? Or, or okay. yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. Okay. All right, there you go. So we're we're gonna take we're gonna take a, a break. I I've got another call to do. There's so many busy things going on here. You know, it's every year at the same time. Like this is the downtime, but I spend the downtime catching up on everything I've been behind on to get me ready for the uptime. You know, so believe it or not, it's the downtime still kind of busy. So we'll wrap it here. There was the AFC. We had a little snafu. We should mention. Last week, we tried to record the NFC, and there's literally nothing worse that could possibly happen to me professionally worse than doing a podcast and it not recording, okay? That, yeah, yeah. I was depressed for like a day after that. I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. It, 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 like, I know, no, I know from owning a media company that when you do that, myself and I, myself and Jeff Mosher inside the Birds LLC, when, our, when it doesn't work technically – it's it's a pain. We actually had one where we did an hour and a half show and it never taped. Oh, yeah. We we had a. In fact, we did one with Greg. We had to do one over with him. Oh, oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. We're all kind of flying by the seat of our pants, and and you know we have a lot of different pieces here, and there's a lot of software conflicts with all this stuff. But uh, we did get this one. I can confirm that this one's good. So it's going to be added to the feed. And people can listen to that, you know, at the beach here in July and late June. And then we'll catch in and check in with the NFC well before training camp, of course. And, of course, all the other podcasts, a lot of podcasts here at FantasyPoints.com. So for Adam Kaplan, I'm John Hansen. You have been listening to Hansen's Hints at FantasyPoints.com. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.